a series of lessons called Hearing God. Uh, I, I can't think of a better thing that we could do in this generation, at this time, at this hour, than to shut the noise down, as Art said, and have ears that would actually hear what God is saying and speaking to us. Last week we began unpacking some things from the scripture, and today we'll go again. We'll go about two more weeks. Um, we're setting the foundation uh, along one specific subject to, uh, last week and again this week on how we can begin hearing God's voice. It's a question that I've been asked time after time over the course of, you know, 37 years being in the ministry that people would say, I can't hear God. I never hear God. How do you hear God? How do I know it's God? How do I know it's not me? We want to talk about those things in the next couple weeks as well. But the foundation, if you haven't listened already, go to the YouTube channel that we've got. Listen to where we, we, we started off last week. We'll rehash a couple scriptures. Then we'll get into a foundational scripture that if your life is going to grow as a believer, you have to know this parable. I can't stress it enough. Don't check out on your time in church without leaning in and listening for about the next 30 minutes because I believe God will talk to you and I believe that some things will be revealed to you as we open our ears and open our eyes to God's word. Can everybody say amen? amen. Last week we looked at a scripture from the book of Colossians. We'll jump there this week. Colossians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. It speaks of Jesus. Here's what it says. In whom, in him is speaking of, in Jesus, are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. All the wisdom you need, all the knowledge you need as to, at, at, concerning how did I get here? What's life all about? Is there a God? Is there All those things, every, every question of major importance in your life is going to be found in him. It goes on to say in verse 4, now this I say, Paul says this, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive, convincing, clever, enticing, or reasonable words. This is what all of us are against. This is what we're all coming against, I should say, every single day, all day. It's not just with your kids in school. It's you at work. It's you with past thoughts. It's you with your friends. All of us are hearing things that the enemy is trying to use that would cause deception, even though it's persuasive, even though it's reasonable, even though it seems to make some sense, even though there's some maybe truth in it with a little bit of untruth. It's clever. It's enticing. It's reasonable, but it's just not God's word and God's God's way. I'm not saying everything's filtered through like necessarily through every single decision that, you know, it, it, it's, it's found in an exact scripture in the Bible. But if the Bible is God's word, which I 100% believe it is, it's going to give you and me counsel. It's going to give us wisdom. It's going to give us direction. It's going to give us correction. It's going to give us momentum. It's going to cause fruitfulness in our life if we believe the word of God and disconnect from the persuasive arguments and reasonings and clever speech and things that 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 you kind of shake your head and go well, well I could see that but God's just shaking his head and say and heaven saying no that's not my way it seems the, the scripture says there's a way that seems right to a man but it ends in a way of death it seems right. It looks right. Culture's going that way. Everybody's doing it. Everybody's saying it but it's just not right. 
The book of Proverbs was written by King Solomon. King Solomon, the scripture says, was the wisest man in the earth. And he writes over and over and over in the book of Proverbs about this one thought called wisdom. So we said this last week that God's word is God's wisdom. And God's word is God's voice. Again, God's word is God's wisdom. And God's word is is God's voice. We will never be able to hear the particulars of certain things that God wants us to do, has for us to do, if we don't follow and read God's word. God's word is God's wisdom and God's word is God's voice. When you attune your ear to the word of God, the written word of God, you will begin hearing the specific word of God for your own life. Such as, I cannot find a scripture that tells me who to marry. I can't find a scripture that tells me what job to take. I can't find a scripture to, set, to tell me what city to live in. I can't find a scripture that tells me as a teenager who to hang with, who not to hang with. All those particulars will be discovered and will be spoken to you where you will have the leading of the Lord as you follow the written word of God, which is his wisdom, which is his voice. Can we get just a little bit better amen in the house today? We said last week that wisdom that Solomon writes in the book of Proverbs majors on one specific thing. It majors on this word called prevention. God's word, which is God's wisdom, which is God's voice, will speak to you directly from the scripture that will then allow you to prevent your life from train wrecks, from going down a path of unproductibility. The first couple of chapters in the book of Proverbs, Proverbs specifically talks to men that tells us as a man, you need to stay away from the strange woman. Come on, somebody, on Mother's Day. He calls these women that would try to draw your heart out of your own house with your own wife into an adulterous relationship. It's called wisdom. It's called the voice of God with the intent to prevent you from train wrecking your life. Wisdom from the word of God. Hearing the voice of God through the wisdom of God then will direct my life when I'm confronted, when my flesh is lying to me, when lust tries to rise up within me concerning anything but specifically that thing that Solomon's talking about. God's wisdom will protect you. We need to open our ears. We need to open our Bible, hence the children's Bible, that they will begin hearing, even at a young age, God's voice and God's wisdom. We said this last week, that wisdom comes from actively hearing, memorizing, hearing it, and memorizing and acting on the Word of God. Here's how wisdom comes. I'm going to hear the Word of God. I'm hearing it. You're hearing it this morning. You're going to be hearing the Word of God, hence the wisdom of God, hence the voice of God this morning. I'm not God. I'm just God's spokesman. Wisdom's going to come from actively hearing, actively hearing. Not that I'm going to get a, a six-pack ab at LA Fitness or Crunch if I buy the $30 membership and never go. I've got to actively go. I've got to say no to double stuff Oreos. Come on, somebody. Well, that hit home, didn't it? Huh? Come on, somebody. 
Wisdom's going to come from actively. Come on, they say actively. Come on, actively, right? And then memorizing, memorizing, meditating on it. I get it in me. I, I get it in me. That's what the whole uh, education system is for, for, for math and for science and everything. That, 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 that they repeat it and 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 repeat it until the kids just know it. They know it. They, they've actively memorized it. But then I've got to act on it. I've got to act on it. I've got to act on the Word of God. So the Word of God, which is the wisdom of God, which is the voice of God, is trying to push me, lead me to activate the Word, activate the call of God, activate the plan of God, activate God's grace in my life, activate mountain-moving faith in my life, where nothing could be impossible according to Scripture, where I'd actually believe that God could use me even though I've been divorced, even though I've had an abortion, even though... My life's been a train wreck with addiction. Even though I've got a checkered past that God, in his grace, in his love, in his mercy, still wants to use me, still has a plan for me. Come on, somebody, amazing grace. That's what, that's what the word says. We're going to hear it through listening to what God's already said in the written word of God. God came to Solomon in a dream. We read this last week in 1 Kings chapter 3. And God came to him and, and said, God just threw out this thing to him, just questioned to him, what, what do you want me to do for you? <laughs> what, what do you want me to do for you? And Solomon says, man, you've been so good to my dad, David, King David, man, and, and now you've called me to lead this great nation. This is an amazing nation. This is a great nation. And he says, man, man, I, I, here's what he says. Check it out. Here's what I want you to do, God. Give me a God-listening heart so I can lead your people well. And I can discern the difference between good and evil. I, I can discern the difference between right and wrong. I can discern the difference between what's culturally accepted and everybody's doing it, but you're not behind it. I need to know the difference. I need to know the difference between what you say about everything we're dealing with right now. What you need to say about what's going on with war or race or what's going on with abortion or I need to know, I need to, you need to give me some discernment. I'm asking you for a God listening heart. Different translations we said last week, a God listening heart, a hearing heart. Give me a hearing heart. Give me an understanding heart. Give me, give me a discerning heart. We don't hear God with your physical ears. You hear God with the ear of your heart. Not your pumping heart, the real you. Here is where you're going to hear God. We hear God. We read the word of God. The wisdom of God comes. The voice of God comes, what God has said. It becomes alive and resounding in us. And then those details of our life, what to do, where to go, who to marry, what job to take, what path to take, will all then be discovered when you get quiet enough to hear with the ear of your heart. Again, I've got to make up my mind. I'm going to read the word. I'm going to listen to the word. I'm going to commit to reading it. Because I'm never going to be able to lead anybody else. Solomon says, give me a God-listening heart, he says, so I can lead your people well. I'm never going to be able to lead my own life unless I have a God-listening heart. 
I was 20 years old when I got my life together with God between my second and third university, uh, uh, year at university. Uh, I was on the track of being a real estate, uh, a commercial real estate guy. I always loved the thought about real estate and, and, and buying and selling property. And I don't know when my family did it, I thought that that would just be, be something great to do. So I'm in university and I'm taking all those classes and I'm going to be the next whoever, you know, owning the property and managing and building and all that kind of thing. Only problem is that God train wrecked my life, meaning he touched me and I got saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. So, 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 so my, my testimony, my, not, not yours, mine, was that during that time in the summer, it, it was July, uh, July, the middle of July, end of June and July, 1980, 20 years old, and God wrecks my life, wrecks the path that I was on, and begins putting inside me different desires. I'm, I'm, all of a sudden, I'm going to church every Sunday. I'm devouring the Word of God. I'm in with a bunch of young adults and prayer meetings and all kind of stuff. And all of a sudden, this voice of God from the Word of God starts rising up in me that I've never, ever heard before that I've called you. I want you to be a minister for me. I want you to go to Bible school. I want you to pastor a church. I, I, all, all this stuff that I'm going, where is all this coming? Months of, of, of wrestling. Months of talking to leaders over me. Months of talking to my mom and my dad. And my mom and dad are godly men and women. And my dad wanted me to get a college education like every parent should if that's what the direction is for your kids. And, and wanted me to do it. And, and, I, and this wrestling match with my father saying, Dad, but I've, I've got to go to Bible school. I've, I've, I've got to fulfill the will of God. So I'm the guy that went to four years of university and never graduated. I've got about 10 or 12 credits left to graduate. And I told my dad, I've got to go to Bible school. I've got to fulfill the will of God. And from that, come on, somebody. I met Kimberly. So how many know that worked out all right? Come on, everybody. <laughs> but here I am. I'm just saying, when you read the Word of God, when you hear the Word of God, when you surround yourself with the Word of God, you might be surprised the voice of God that you start hearing that directs you into something you're not even doing right now. The Word of God will open up new direction. The voice of God will call you almost like a burning bush experience. Listen to me. Read the Word of God. Mark chapter 4. Let's read this. I told you this is the parable. This is the direction we want to go this morning as we just read this parable and set the stage for the next couple of weeks talking about hearing God. Jesus tells a parable in Mark chapter 4. We don't want to go back and read all of the first 10 verses, but Jesus tells the people a parable. It's a story. He would always tell stories over and over and over concerning the, the situation they were involved with, whether it's bread and loaves and fish and wheat and seed and all mountains. And he'd just use all kinds of uh, pictorial uh, messages, if you will, where the people could relate. Uh, here, Jesus starts talking about, if you've got a Bible that talks about the sower sows the word. He tells this parable, and as I mentioned, we're not going to read the first 10 verses, but we're going to read when Jesus begins explaining the parable to his own disciples. Here's what he says, starting in Mark chapter 4, in verse 10. 
when he, Jesus, was alone, those around him, the 12 disciples, asked him about the parable. Look what it says. And he says to them, to you, to, to you, 12, and, and to you, uh, others that are going to believe in me, it's been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. Stop right there in yellow. Everybody can see it on the screen behind me, online as well. To you, it has been known, it has been available, you have the insight, you have the ability to know the mysteries of God. You have the ability to know the word of God. You have the ability to hear the voice of God. You have the ability to know him, to hear him, to grow in a relationship with a God you've never seen. How do you do that? It's going to come to you, number one, through you opening the word of God and having a daily communication with it, with God. The word of God will speak to you. You can know things that you have no knowledge of right now. He will give you insight. He will give you direction. He will talk to you. He will steer you as you open the word of God. I'm encouraging you to begin having a hunger for the word of God. This past week I was with a friend and uh, we're going to have a lunch meeting. And, and, and I said, uh, um, he was on the west side of Chula Vista. And come on, when you go to the west side of Chula Vista, the best thing in the world you can do is go to Tacos El Gordo. And so Tacos El Gordo was kind of like just my thing. I mean, it's kind of like, I don't know. I've never been addicted to crack. Forgive me. I've never been. But, but Tacos El Gordo was just amazing. Every time I, I go on the west side of Chula Vista, I'm telling you, Tacos El Gordo says, you need to come visit me. It's just like this thing. And so I was with my friend, and, 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 and we're, we're in the carne asada line. And, and so actually, we were in the wrong line at first, and there was nobody there, and we thought we struck it rich. But then the line was the carne line. Come on, somebody, the asada line. And so we waited our turn, and, and, and I, I, I looked at my friend, and I said, I said, how many are you getting? He said three, and I, I was like, no, I'm getting four. Come on, here, we're getting four. And, and the more I ate, listen, the more I wanted to eat. The more I ate, the more I wanted to eat. Until I had to just say, you know, anybody ever been and then you, like you thought what you got was enough and then you went back and got a little bit more? Come on, how many truth speakers are in the room? Come on, yeah. But what it left me with is I want to come back soon. Can I tell you something? Every time I'm in the Word of God and I leave in the morning to go do whatever I got to do, there's something in me that's saying, I can't wait to get back again. That's what I want for you. Come on, that's what I want for you. But you got to get a hunger for it. You got to get a hunger for it. And that only comes when you eat it. Don't talk to me about your taco shop. There's one taco shop. It's Tacos El Gordo. They're sponsors of Spectrum Church, by the way. I want you to know. No, no, they're not. They're not. <laughs> so, so, so Jesus says, look, look what he says. He says, uh, he says I'm going to explain. Check, let's, keep, let's keep reading. Uh, but to those who are outside, all things come in parables. In other words, uh, you, you're not going to be able to understand everything until you get in. R read verse 12. And he says, so, so that scene, these people that are on the outside, they can see, but they won't perceive. 
And they can hear, but they won't understand. They can hear. They can see. Why, why do you go to church and you tell them and you tell them what the word says? Uh-huh. Why? Because they have not turned yet. And the minute you turn and your sins are forgiven you, your eyes open. Your heart's open. The minute you turn. The minute you turn. So for everyone in the room who's turned, everyone online who's turned, your heart now is open. Your eyes are open. The ears of your heart are open where you can know the mysteries of God. So don't ever say, I cannot understand this. Maybe say or pray, God, open my eyes and open the ears of my heart to hear this and see this. Because you said, I'm supposed to know the mystery. Amen, everybody? So look what he goes on to say. Look what he goes on to say in verse 14. Or verse 13, I guess we should read. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all parables? One more time. If you don't understand this parable, no other parable is going to make sense. So I say it this way. This parable that we're about to read, hang on with me about 15 more minutes. This parable that we're about to read is the granddaddy of all parables. This parable opens up every other parable. There is no parable greater than this parable. This parable unlocks every other parable. If you know this, you'll be able to know the mystery of all the others. Check out what he says in verse 14. The sower sows the word. Early on when he told the parable, this is the explanation, remember. Early on, Jesus talked about a, a, a sower out sowing seed. And he's going to give us the analogy of four types of soil that the seed fell in. And then what happened, the results of it. Now, what we know from Scripture is that Jesus isn't just talking about in generalities in the sense of wanting to make sure that everybody's a good agriculturist, wanting to make sure that everybody's a good horticulturist, wanting to make sure that everybody, that the land they're sowing in is rich, fertile land, and it's, it's full of cow manure, and it's going to produce great results. And so we're just after a real great natural harvest. That's what he's talking about. He's talking about using a very natural uh, illustration that everybody understood, but bringing a spiritual application to it. He says the sower sows the word. The word is the seed. Inside the seed of the word of God is the DNA of God that will produce whatever it is in that seed. In the seed of forgiveness will unlock your heart from bitterness and negativity and the frustration because people have wronged you. In the seed of peace, there is joy and there's contentment and there's rest and there's satisfaction regardless of what's going on against your life. Come on, everybody. This, inside the seed of the word of God, it will produce or reproduce whatever it says is yours. Whatever the word says belongs to you. It belongs to you. Not based on your goodness, not based on your merit, based on solely on the grace of Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? amen. The sower sows the word. The sower sows the word. This is a pastor. This is me. This is a small group leader. This is a spouse sowing the word to their husband or, or wife. This, 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 this is a mom and a dad sowing the word, giving the word to a child. This is a friend giving the word, sowing the word to another friend. The sower sows the word, sows the seed. We're called to be sowers of the seed of God everywhere we go. 
as a believer, as a believer, the word being sown in your heart and growing in your heart is your personal responsibility. So as a believer, this is your personal responsibility is for the word to be sown in your heart. So every time you hear the word of God, every time that you turn on whatever, I mean, if you listen to somebody else preaching, your heart needs to be open so that the word of God can find entrance. The word being sown in your heart and then growing in your heart. We'll talk about that. Not just sown. Sown is very important. Sowing, there will be no harvest unless the seed is sown. But, but it's got to grow in my heart. And we'll talk about that because Jesus talks about that. So we are responsible to cultivate our own field. Again, we're responsible to cultivate our own field and we're responsible to plant our own seed. By that I mean... When you're hearing the word of God this morning, I'm the one sowing the seed. I'm the one sowing the seed. Your job is to receive the seed. The analogy we would say in, in football, the quarterback's job is to throw the ball down the field, one of his jobs. His job is not to catch the ball. Once he's thrown the ball, once that receiver runs the route and he knows exactly where he's going to be, that ball is getting launched before he ever gets there. Now it's the receiver's job to put his hands out and to grab hold of that football and to say, this thing's mine, baby. I'm going to score a touchdown. He receives it. He receives it. Now, have you ever seen anybody running down the field? Like, like in flag football, some little kids and stuff. And as they learn how to play Pop Warner football, as my son Jude was. And, and the quarterback throws the, throws the ball and the kid runs down and the ball just hits him off the helmet. Kid's clueless, right? Just hadn't quite been taught yet. And can I say this with just humbleness and just sincerity? There's a lot of people that come to church and are just clueless. They come to church and they say, I didn't get anything out of it. I, and, the, and the person down the road said, says, this is the greatest message I've ever heard in my life. Why? Ears to hear. Heart, that soil that we'll talk about, that Jesus addresses how you and I can hear the word of God and grow and continually mature in the wisdom of God, hearing the voice of God. Can I get an amen? amen? So he talks about four types of soil that heard the word of God. The soil, again, is your heart. Now what we're going to find out from these four specific soil types, listen to me, they all heard the word. They all heard the word but for some of them it didn't last check out what he says in verse 15 he says these are ones that are sown by the wayside where the word is sown when they hear notice they heard satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts let me ask you did it make it to their heart Come on, did it make it to their heart? Yes, they made it to their heart. They made it to their heart. It was sown, and they heard. So, so they did hear, they did hear, and it got to their heart. But there was something else going on, and there's something else going on every time you hear the word and I hear the word. There's another ingredient in this endeavor, and that is called Satan. And Satan's job is to come immediately. Come, come on, look at this, immediately. 
Before you leave the chair, before you get out of the chair, listen, doubt starts coming. That can't be me. No, that's for somebody else. That's not for me. I've done something to tick off God or whatever it is. Satan's coming immediately and he takes away the word that was sown. It made it into the soil of their heart. But somehow Satan lied to me and you and he took away the word that was sown in our heart. What it says here, those that are sown by the wayside, a couple different translations say this, those that were sown among the well-worn path, the beaten down footpath. In other words, check it out. Even though it made it to their heart, their heart was beaten down by life, beaten down by God can't use me beaten down by whatever so that when the word made it to their heart, it just kind of bounced. It just kind of bounced. When I lived in Tennessee, it's kind of where my formative years were growing up. And um, uh, uh, it, it was a little different now. I don't know how they do now, but, but as a kid growing up, if anybody was like going to build a new house and, and you were going to do your front yard or backyard, you didn't, there was no turf. You, you didn't go somewhere and they dig up the, you know, the, real, the real grass and plant, you know, the six foot things of grass. There was none of that. They, they would dig up the ground a little bit. They put some topsoil in and they would sow seed and then they'd, they'd put a hay on top of it so the birds wouldn't come down and eat it. it, 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 it they realized that for this seed to grow, we've got to do something to, number one, make the soil productive. Because where I grew up, it's all clay. It's just like red clay. You couldn't sow anything in it. You had to dig down deep enough and put something on top of it so the seed would actually not bounce off and not get eaten up by the birds, but would actually produce roots to actually grow. And a lot of our lives, because of whatever we're dealing with, wherever we've been, our hearts have a tendency to become hard to say, that's not me, that could never be me, or I don't believe that, what's going on? Satan is coming immediately to eat the seed. So the key for all of us, when we hear the word of God, when you read the word of God, the key is to put the word into practice immediately. How can I act on the word? If that's God's word, how can I act on it? I'm going to put it into practice immediately. The second type of soil that Jesus says is in verse 16. Look what he says in verse 16. These likewise are the, are the, the ones that are sown on stony ground. So, so we've got by the wayside, we, we've got the well-worn path, but now these other kind of seeds that are sown are sown on stone, stony ground, who when they hear the word, did they hear the word? It says they did. They immediately receive it with gladness. Man, this is the greatest message I've ever heard. This is the greatest church I've ever been to. You're amazing. Wow. Let's see what happens in verse 17. And they have no root in themselves. No root. And so endure only for a time. And afterward, when tribulation or persecution, let's just call it trouble, when trouble arises for what? Come on, for what? The word's sake. Why is trouble coming in your life? Come on, say it. The word's sake. Why? Why is that pressure mounting between you and your wife at the house? What's the end game the devil's trying to do? What's he after? 
Why is the angst, why is the stuff going on that the devil's trying to stir up with your, with your teenager and you? What's the devil trying to get out of them and out of you? The word. The word. The word. If the word leads your heart, it will never produce any fruit. No harvest. Satan does not care about you. He does not care about your little kids. He doesn't care about none of that. All he's trying to do is get the word out of your heart. If the word leaves your heart, you and I are no different than anybody else in this world. There can be no victory. There can be no abundant life. There can be no uh, a gr graciousness. There can be no fruitfulness. There can be no powerful life, no overcoming life. If the word leaves our heart. He says the word going out, he's coming for tribulation, persecution, trouble, arising for the word's sake, and immediately, immediately they stumble. Jesus said they didn't have any root in themselves. There was not any depth, any depth in their life. They, they might heard it kind of casually. They heard it, this is the greatest thing, but then never did anything with it. Never did anything with it. Uh, uh, well, one of the things that, you know, Ashley and Giuseppe with, with our youth leaders, we talk about all the time, is that, is that one of the fears we have, if you will, we've talked about this a little bit, is that our kids go to youth camp. Ah, great, ah, filled with the Holy Spirit. And then they leave youth camp, and it's just a mountain, and then it's a valley. And they live in a valley until next youth camp. And rah, and great, and wah, and then up and down. And they think that that's the Christian experience, when that is not supposed to be your Christian experience. Your Christian experience is supposed to be glory to glory, faith to faith, strength to strength. Can I get an amen? So the key that we find that Jesus is telling us is that after you plant the word, you got to water that word. What's that mean? You got to go back to that word that you heard and you got to keep reading and you got to keep re renewing your mind with the word. You got to keep growing and strengthen that word so that everything that word says, you're going to start realizing that God's got his assignment on your life, that it will reproduce in your life everything that it says. The third type of seed that Jesus says, or the soil, I should say, it starts in verse 18. Check out what he says. Now, these are those who are sown among the thorns. We've got, we've, we've got, we've just got wayside seed, heart. We, we've got stony ground, tribulation, persecution, and it's coming up. Now he says they're sown among thorns. The seed has got some activity around it. These are the ones who hear the word of God. Come on, one more time. Did they hear the word of God? Yeah. Yeah. Go on to say verse 19. And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lusts or desires of other things enter in. And what happens? Chokes the word. And it becomes unfruitful. So, so, so the word they heard was sown in the soil of their heart, and it began producing fruit, but something else was going on. They still had a bunch of cares in their life about the world. There was this deceitfulness of riches. I just need more money. I, 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 more, money's going to answer my life. Money's my God. I, I'm, I'm going to work. I, I'm going to provide and all kinds of things that a lot of us have been through where you didn't have anything as a kid. And so you're working and you're trying to better yourself. And you, you're, 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 pardon me, I'm never going to be my dad. I, I'm never going to be like my mom where I never had anything. And, and so I'm going to work. I'm approved to everybody. But the problem is it's a deceit that you're after. And the desire for other things begin to enter in. It just chokes Chokes out the word of God. 
It just chokes the Word of God. So the environment that the Word was in was not dealt with. That when I'm reading the Word, God's going to shine the light of His light and His love on my heart to say, Gary, you've got to get these other seeds, these thorns in your life out so my Word can produce everything in you that you need. Well, you'll be able to hear me. You'll be able to follow me. You'll be fruitful in your life if you'll deal with the thorns in your own life. So a key, I would say in closing with this thought, before we get to the fourth type of soil, is that we just have to remove the things in our life with the potential to ruin our harvest. Whatever's in your life right now that has the potential to ruin your harvest, you have got to be man enough, woman enough, big enough to say, I'm going to deal with this. Care and stress and worry is just causing me to be on all kinds of medication and stuff because I don't know what I'm going to do. What's that? that that's just taking the seed out of your life. It's thorn. It's thorn. And I've got to deal with it. I've got to come to the Word of God and allow the Word of God to heal me and deliver me and speak to me so that the seed will produce the kind of harvest that God intends for it to produce. Jesus concluded the, the parable, and he says in verse 20, he says, these are those who are sown on good ground. Come on, everybody say good ground. Come on, good ground. This, this is you. This is me. This is, this is what we want, right? Those who hear the word of God. Come on, look, they heard the word of God. But look at this word. And they accept it. They accept it. That's God's word. That's God's word. Somebody said, somebody said it like this. If that's God's word, that, that's just God's word. <laughs> there, there, there's nothing else to discuss. That's God's word. White is white. Black is black. Right is right. Wrong is wrong. What? That's God's word. There's no, there's nothing I can talk about it that will then change my mind about it. Time, culture, age, ethnicity, government, whoever is in and out. No, this is the word of God. I accept it. Sown on good ground. I'm going to bear fruit. He says 30, 60, or 100 fold. An increasing amount. The, the word that was sown in this kind of heart produced an increasing, unlimited amount. Do you realize that you can have more peace even though maybe you got all kind of peace right now? There's more peace available. Do, do you realize that there can be more joy in your life that you might, you, I mean, you're a happy person, you're joyful, but, but you got that one little kind of person that triggers you a little bit. You can have joy over that person. Come on, somebody. There's more. It's unlimited. It's just unlimited. So the key, the key that we see here is just keep hearing the Word of God and acting on the Word of God. Hear it and act on it. Come on, hear it and act on it. Accept it. Accept the Word of God. We said last week that in Revelation chapter 2 and 3, seven churches that John, Jesus talks to John the Apostle while he's exiled on the Isle of Patmos, has a vision, has a dream. It's called the Book of Revelation. Revelation of Jesus Christ, actually. And he talks about those seven churches that were real churches in Asia Minor. And he says three things to all seven churches. One of those three things was this. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit's saying to the churches. Notice, when you read it, you got to kind of lean in and go, wow, the Spirit is always saying something, but am I always hearing something? 
corny example, but I think everybody understands it. Right now, there's all kind of radio waves in the atmosphere right here. We got uh, um, San Diego stations in San Diego County. But right now, since we're close to the border, come on, some of y'all know it. We got some Mexican stations. Um, if you had the proper receiver right now, you would be able to dial in what voice, what station you want to listen to. You got a choice. You got a choice. Every day you get up in the morning. Speak to me. I want to hear your voice. I want to follow you today. I want to, I want to learn from you today. So open up the word of God. I want this word to be sown in my heart. I Satan's coming immediately to take it out, Lord. But I'm, I'm saying no. Trouble's going to try to come to take it out. I'm saying no. Cares of this life, deceitfulness of riches, lots of other things are going to try to drive me away. But I'm, I'm saying no. I'm going to listen to the word. I'm going to listen to wisdom. I'm going to hear your voice. Because my ears are open to whatever the Holy Spirit is saying to me right now. Can you be in a room say amen? Just raise your hand to that and say amen. Come on, can we clap just a little bit better right about that? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Just one more scripture, sorry. John 10. Jesus said this. I love this in verse 3. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Listen to me. The Bible says we're the sheep of his pasture. He is the shepherd of the sheep, the great shepherd of the sheep. Hebrews 13 calls him. And if you know anything about sheep, can I tell you something? If you read anybody that's, that, that's been a sheep rancher and has written some phenomenal books like about Psalm 23, can I say this in all sincerity and humbleness? Because I'm a sheep too. Sheep are dumb. Sheep are dumb. They're just dumb. They won't drink from moving water. They get nervous. So the shepherd's got to lead them beside still waters, Psalm 23. Sheep will wind up following and doing goofy stuff and wind up, you know, getting hurt and not knowing what to I mean, just, they're a mess. God calls us sheep for a reason. We all are a mess without him. But thank God we're not without him. Come on, everybody, amen. So one more time, let's look at that scripture. My sheep hear his voice. Listen to me. Not you might hear his voice. Not you could hear his voice. My sheep hear his voice. This week, my prayer, as it is every week, is that you'd open up the Bible. You'd open up the Word of God. And you'd say, Lord, speak to me today. Talk to me. Give me wisdom today from the Word of God. Let me hear your voice. Because as your ears of your heart get attuned to His written Word, you are going to begin hearing His spoken Word. Specifics of your life. The next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about that. How does that happen? How's that happen? Is God talking like to my mind? Listen, no, no, no. But he's going to talk.
We're going to discuss that in the next couple weeks. So you're going to want to be here. Amen. Come on, bow your head, close your eyes. Would you do that? Father, that's our prayer today. That the word of God would have entrance in our heart and bear fruit 30, 60, 100 fold. I thank you. We're going to guard our heart with all diligence. Out of our heart comes the issues of life. So we're going to protect our heart. We're going to guard our heart. Father, thank you for everything you've done in the, in the room today. We sense your presence during worship. Amazing as these families dedicated their children to the Lord. We celebrate that, Father. And thank you for the word of God. That we're saying the word of God is going to have entrance like never before in our life. Our, our, our hearts are open. The soil of our heart has been plowed. And we're saying let the seed of the word germinate and take root. We're going to protect it. We're going to water it so it grows more and more. We thank you for it. While your head's bowed, your eyes closed, we always close the service with this way, is that if you're far away from God, you don't know God, maybe you've known him as a past, maybe you grew up in church like I did but left God, but you're here today and your heart's been burning all day, maybe during the first time that you, the keyboard started playing or someone started singing or the word that was spoken or a kind handshake or a hug, you just thought, man, I'm, I'm in the right place. All over the room, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, just say, man, you know, I, I've left, I, I've gone away, I've gone astray, but... I want to renew my commitment to him today. We want to pray with you. What we do around here is we don't have you stand up. We don't have you come to the front. Just right there where you're at. When I give you an invitation, you're just going to raise your hand. Say, include me in that prayer. Include me in that prayer. What's going to happen in that prayer is we're all going to pray out loud. You won't be praying by yourself. We're all going to pray out loud. We're going to ask Jesus to be the Lord, the master, the focus of our life. We're going to ask him to remove no, no more idols. Not going to have anything else ahead of my life. I want you to be the head of my life, Lord. And I want the word of God to take root in my life and to germinate and produce a, a great, great harvest. That's what we want. That's what we're asking. So all over the room, when I count to three, you want to be included in that prayer. I'm not asking you to join the church. This is, this is making a decision. I want to follow God. I want to follow him all over the room. Come on, when I count to three, you just lift up your hand. Come on, one, two, three, all over the room. Say, include me in that prayer. Off. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Two hands. Awesome. Awesome. I'll look one more time. Awesome. I see three hands. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Thank you for your boldness. Thank you for your courage. You've got to put your hands down. I said, we're going to pray. We're going to pray. And prayer means we're going to say something out loud, right? So we're all going to pray out loud. You three that raised your hand, this is your time to boldly declare this prayer. I'm going to lead it with you right now. Come on, say it after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you right now. In Jesus' name, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. So I believe in my heart, and I'm saying with my mouth, God raised Jesus from the dead. Be my Lord. Be my Savior forever and ever. I repent. I change my mind. I change my direction. Fill me with the Holy Spirit, and I'll never be the same in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, we're going to celebrate that decision. We're going to stand. That's what we do. We stand and just clap real big. Come on, everybody, for these three people that made Jesus the Lord of their life.